In today's episode, we have Linda Reed Enever, who is going to talk about how to use organic marketing strategies to grow your online course audience. You will also get to hear how to easily create content in tandem with your course, why you should start marketing immediately in the beginning, and a simple strategy to create a ton of content to use for months or even years down the road. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the Online Course Igniter podcast, where you'll hear from successful course creators and how they were able to turn their passion into a thriving online business empire. Hey everyone, thanks for coming on the podcast today. We have Linda Reed Never from the Never Group, and she's just an amazing person. I've had the chance to speak with her briefly and uh, just has a world of knowledge in online business, content marketing, podcasting, online courses. Uh, just uh, very pleased to have you on the show. I know this is going to be a great episode. And how are you doing today, Linda? I'm doing well, Jeremy. Thank you for having me on the show. It's very exciting to come and talk all things course creation and marketing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we have a lot in common. And uh, so I know this is going to be a lot of fun to go back and forth. And I know that uh, you you have a lot of experience in online courses and online course creation and marketing and sales strategies. And I can't wait to dive right into that. But I always like to uh, start the podcast at the beginning and would just like to hear a little bit of your story. Where did you come from? What were you doing before you got into online business? And then how did you get into this world? Okay. Oh, that's an interesting story. Um, okay. So I, I'm now, I think, if you approved expert, I teach course creation as well as marketing. Um, but I started this journey. I started actually teaching when I was 14. Uh, I used to teach dance. I was a ballet, ballet teacher. Uh, so I used to teach dance. And then I went off to university to, you know, go and study teaching and teach and teach children. And I love children, but I hated the education system. Um, and along the way, I paid my way through uni by working in marketing and working in call centers and all of those sorts of things. And I found that that was actually a career that I loved. And I then started to teach. So I've watched the marketing industry go from fax machines, photocopiers, telephone calls through to social media, through to being able to, you know, teach online courses and run a websites and do your own podcast like we're doing today and be able to share your message. So that's what I did. Um, back in 2014, we founded a, a group called Business, Business, Business. I was running face-to-face workshops. Um, and at that point in time, we hit... We had members all across of Australia and also internationally that were wanting to learn from me. And that was my journey into taking what I teach from classroom into online because there's just no way. Australia is a big country. Um, and even if I tried to travel all of the capital cities, if I did that, I wouldn't be here doing and servicing <laughs> and working for clients and, and running the other you know, tools and resources that we have inside the businesses here. So that's when I went into online and we did good stuff online. We tried other programs that failed. Um, I was about to actually literally walk away from online teaching when the guys from Thinkific approached me and said, no, I think we've got what you need. So I've been with Thinkific since their V1 themes and since they were very early and very, very first started and loved it. Um, and that's what it's brought me today to course creation. So I spend most of my time now teaching business owners what I do. My team do the uh, the lead server stuff, and I coach. 
So there you go. That's me in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And I'm sure there's a lot more uh, to it than that. Um, when yep. you said you were teaching in classrooms and you went from classrooms to um, online business, were you teaching marketing and business at that point? Yes. Yeah, I was teaching marketing, social media business, press release stuff. So I'm, I'm a publicist by most of my time was spending pub, um, publicity troubleshooting, so managing the organic message. And that's still my focus is always about managing the organic message that's going out. Uh, if you want ads, yes, I can do it, um, but it's not something that I do regularly. Um, but we focus on the organic message and how can you move your message out there positively. And that's still a big center of your business now? Yep. Let's talk about that because um, I know organic pops up a lot. I know everyone wants to uh, fast track to ads, but there's a lot of power in organic and there's a lot of sustainability there too. Um, so let's just kind of dive into organic uh, marketing strategies and just yeah. kind of hear what, what are some things that you see that are working, um, uh, you know, thinking about course creators and those that are out there trying to promote their courses. And we have all kinds of different niches and industries who listen yeah. to the podcast. So keeping that in mind, what are some of those strategies and some of those methods that you follow? But I'd love to tap into first jumping into ads because lots of people want to jump into ads. But if you run ads and just you got to think about it from your point of view and you, if you're running Facebook ads or anything like that and the page has nothing on it, there's no street cred to back up your ad. There's nothing for people to be able to see. So this is where your organic stuff comes in. Your organic stuff is actually laying the foundations so that when you do do an ad or you do do something, it's it's got some street cred behind it. It shows that you know your stuff. Um, and that's what organic marketing is all about. It's actually about educating your market before they buy that course, book that consulting call or taking your, you know, your, your challenge or, or whatever lead magnet is going to lead people through to your course. So on your Facebook pages, on your YouTube profiles, on your Instagram stuff, you want to share that you actually know your stuff. Um, and that means taking some of that knowledge that you have and putting it into bite-sized tips. And organic marketing is the foundation for your ads. And if we skip it, yes, you can get results, but it's not sustainable to keep putting money in time after time. All of the algorithms, all the social media algorithms are looking for really good content. And if you produce that, you can actually get results out of organic content that you would get out of ads just as equally as well. Yeah, I really like that. Um, that's that's a great strategy because... Uh, you know, if you were going straight to ads and you didn't have a converting offer and your landing page had some major flaws in it, then you wouldn't know what part of the ad isn't working. Yeah. But with the organic strategies and like you're talking about the ability to convert and see what's working and not working, then putting ads behind that is only going to amplify it, correct? Exactly. And you can look at, you know, guys, if you're teaching on Thinkific, make sure you've got pixels installed in it. But you make sure that you look at what your insights and what's engaging. And Facebook have released earlier, late mid this year, a app called Facebook Analytics. And it starts to give you analytics now, like your Google Analytics, a bit different to insights about what's engaging, how engaged your actual page audience is, and starting to see those statistics about what's happening. Um, YouTube obviously have it, and the guys at TubeBuddy help you work really well at optimizing your videos to make sure that they're getting the best reach. But when we're creating courses, and this is one I teach my course creation students all the time, when we're creating courses, we're the most passionate and most excited about our course. So as you're recording something and you're recording a tip, 
my top tip is to actually stop for a second and record just a, the, the before that tip component, the, the, the little bit, the basics bit that's going to help the people lead towards your course. So matching your marketing recording while you're actually recording your course content so that you can use that and you write down your tips and you take little snippets so that the people can engage with that content and then lead to your course. And, you know, it's fine to give them a tip and then lead, say, you know, if you're looking for more information, then head to my course over here. This is where we'll deep dive into that topic. Oh, I, I, I love that. That's, that's a great idea. So basically, I'm going to record a, a course on a subject. I always say guitar playing because I like to yep. fiddle around with the guitar. I'm no expert by any means. But I'm, I'm going to teach something on, on how to do something on the guitar. And while I'm in the process of creating that course, I'm going to take these little pauses and record little bite-sized chunks of information that's going to become content later on to drive yep. traffic to the course. Did, is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. So say uh-huh. if you, let's take the guitar course option for for example. So if you're going to record a guitar, what you might do is a, you know, how to tune your guitar video that happens to start on YouTube. And you might even take those first couple of lessons from your, from your course and they might actually be on YouTube or Facebook leading through to your course because they're a little bit of education, but inside your course, now bearing in mind, people buy your course because the information is in one spot. Mm-hmm. They don't buy your course because, oh, oh, that bit was out on YouTube. You've obviously got to add value, but they're buying it because the information is in one spot. I have lots of course creators say to me, oh, but what I teach is out on YouTube. And I said, yes, but part of the reason people buy courses is the convenience of the information and the way that you teach it. So Jeremy might record a how to tune your guitar or if he's going to teach a specific song or three or four different songs, he might do the intro to the song in the in the guitar in the lesson and they'll go you know to learn the rest of how to play or to learn how to play this song along with me head over to the course over here and buy the course oh, that's great that's a really good idea and that gives that gives you a lot of content that you can create because all you have to do is always be thinking about the step that happened right before what you're teaching and yep. using that as a lead into the next thing or just give them a snippet yeah just a piece of it yep so thinking to you know, what What a, a lot of us do, and a lot of us do what I think incorrectly, is uh, we have something we want to teach. I, I love guitar. I want to teach guitar. And I go out and I spend six months creating a, a guitar yep. course. And I have it. And now I publish it on Thinkific. And uh, tomorrow I'm going to have millions of dollars. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> but we know that's not right. We know that there's marketing and there's traffic and there's things that have to go into place into make, making sure that you get sales. So. Imagine that I created a course and now I want to sell that course. I don't have any audience. I I don't have any authority at all. Where would you recommend someone begin? Where, Where should we start so that we can begin building some sort of traffic or authority in our industry so that we can sell our course? Okay. So I'm going to step everyone back to this point of while we're building our course, it is great, but we actually need to start the marketing at that point. Okay. Especially if you don't have an audience. You need to start going to find or starting to convert that audience either on Facebook or by lead opt-in sequences or, or appearing on podcasts like we're doing here today and having a conversation and sharing your expertise so that you can start to build your audience. Now, the opportunities are around this, obviously, the opportunities to guest post on most of your topics out there. Most people have a website or there's something you can write on. You can you know, maybe look at running a Facebook group. It's a good way of 
building authority within the space. You can look at appearing on podcasts. But if you guest post and you appear on podcasts, what you're doing is you're getting a transfer of trust. You're getting a transfer of trust from the host's audience to you. And if you can convert that well, you can convert that across to either leads for your database via a really good opt-in or you can convert it into, you know, saying these are where, where you follow me for more information um, and delving in from there. And then obviously the social platforms, if you optimise your content, if you're using YouTube and you optimise, and look, I'm a big fan of TubeBuddy, I love TubeBuddy, you optimise it for the keywords, you optimise it for search, then you are going to start to appear on search. But I think what most course creators forget is the marketing process, what we do now will affect our business in three to six months' time. And that has been marketing for the 20-something years I've been in it. It's not changed. Um, we are in the world of social media, so we're expecting a more immediate reaction. But it normally is what we're doing now is three to six months' time. And just because we've created the course, we need to understand that our students may not be ready to take the course. They might need to see that message, as the stats say, seven to eight times before they're ready to go, yes, I'm prepared to give you my credit card and and buy your course. Yeah, definitely. It's... Um, I know, you know, because I've been in it for a while and doing blogs and doing podcasting, I've, I've, until you see the growth over a year, you can't really realize how long it takes. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you start a, a new blog, it could take six to nine months for you to even start ranking properly on Google. Probably. And so, and, and, and I like what you said also about the fact that, you know, it, it does take many touch points of getting to know someone. Um, typically, a lot of people won't go out and just buy the first thing they see. They will do research and they'll ask people and they'll get advice and they'll take many touch points to buy that product. I feel like you're right. It's the same thing with courses. They might have to see you over and over again until they get to the point where they want to invest in you. And look, guys, I talk about this from an opportunity. Course creation is part of a sustainable business and part of your business offering. Like, yes, you can have an amazing course creation business and you can teach it. But you, you would have heard even in my introduction, I coach, I consult, I do classroom teaching, we do live teaching. So there's multiple ways that we do what we do. And it's about sustainability. And also, we're talking about learning styles when we're looking at course creation. It's the same in marketing. Some people want to be led, so some people want to go through live challenges. Some people want to, you know, touch and, you know, a kinesthetic learner, so they actually want to be in the classroom with you. Other people want the self-paced, you know, they're a little bit more introvert of a learner, but we need to work at how we deliver our content in a way that people can engage with it. And the same with our marketing message. I keep saying to my guys, look, video is king at the moment, but if your audience is engaging with text and written format, then do that. Have a look mm -hmm. at what your engagement audience engages with. And it does, it does take time. And please don't get overwhelmed by the, hey, I did a six-figure launch or I've got a six-figure this or I've got a six-figure <laughs> that. Because the reality of it is I ask every time when someone says, oh, you know, someone's going to coach me how to do six figures, where is the decimal point? <laughs> Because the like decimal that. point can be anywhere in those six figures. <laughs> so right. we just got to look at it from that point of view. So I really liked what you said that in the beginning, it's great to do guest posts and podcasts, Facebook groups where you can maybe leverage uh, a different audience and build that transfer of trust. But let's say that you really wanted to start doing your own thing. Maybe it's blogging, podcasting, or yeah. a YouTube channel. What is some advice that you can give? We You talked earlier and you mentioned um, how 
paying attention to what your audience is responding to. So if they are responding to the written, maybe you blog, uh, or if they respond to video better, maybe you do Facebook Lives or YouTube. So is there any tips or tricks you can get uh, give us on what would be the best way to figure out how that how we can find that? Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's a good that's a good old one called trial and error. Okay, so I actually say to most of my clients and most of my course creation students when we come into this process, you need to be across the marketing channels. Okay, you need to be. Um, if you've got professionals, for example, and you're wanting to, you know, teach with professionals who are traveling and they're going to and from work every day, then we know podcasts are one of the ways that they consume their information because you're, you're in their ears. And by in their, by being in their ears and being in a podcast situation, you're actually getting into people's heads. You know, your voice will repeat. They, they take that information in. But just the same as we talk about the learning styles for our course, we've got audible learners who will take information in via podcasts and visual learners who will take information in via video and your audio you cover in the video as well so you've got your your podcast and your youtube channels and those sorts of things and facebook videos and linkedin videos that will help you rank you've then got the opportunity to look at your written content and i actually say mix it up if you're going to do video then have the transcript have the written format that people who don't want to so much listen or watch can read so that you're tapping into both learning styles within that area as well the biggest thing about knowing what people are going to be is to look at your insights. So if you've got Google Analytics, have a look at what, what keywords were coming up in your blogs and what people are searching for. Google sends you now, if you've got Google Analytics on your website and you're looking at starting this process, they send you a search console report every month which says what your most popular search terms were, what your most popular blog post is. Go look at that blog post or go look at that piece of information and go, could I go further on that? Can I make a podcast episode? Can I make a video? Or even still, could I make a course? Look at the insights and also just turn up and talk to your students. Your students will tell you what content they want from you. Your audience will tell you because they're saying, I need that step first. And the other thing is, is don't forget to teach the basics. So your marketing mm. message might be the basics that leads people onto more of an advanced course. And by doing that, and I said, you know, looking at podcasts, looking at all those things, go search on YouTube for what people are searching for. Go have a look at, you know, put in your topic and see what's, what's happening and go and have a look at what other people are teaching and then the questions that are being asked on those videos or on those pieces of content and create the content that's going to go out there. And one of the best platforms you can find the questions is Quora. It, you know, they, people are asking questions and Reddit, they're asking questions in there all the time. It's a goldmine for A, looking at what your course content can, can be, B, looking at, well, if I create the marketing message because that's the stage before my course, if I create marketing content around it and I educate my market, and that's my big one, if I can educate my market, then I can lead them to my course. And please don't be afraid of giving away information. When you're in fear, that comes through in your marketing message. So teach and teach naturally and make sure that you, people will lead to you. It will happen, but it happens over time. It's not a quick process. Yeah, definitely. And I know that that is something that comes up often is people ask, you know, how do I tell the difference between what I should give for free and what I should put in my course. So how do you answer that question? Okay. How do I answer that question? I normally say you've got to provide more value in your course than you do within, within your, your free, actually not your course has got to provide more of that added value to the content you put out there in your marketing. 
Okay, but your content in your marketing needs to be the same style that people are going to gauge within your course or you're going to have a massive disconnect when you get there. Mm. Um, so you teach, but you might teach in you know, short five, five, you know, absolutely max five-minute type videos or one-minute videos or you might use Instagram Reels to, you know, teach or share a top tip along the way. Um, and then you might lead people through to, you, through to the course or you might put the series together. The thing is, you can give a lot, and I, I say this to some of my students now who are, are big givers, you know, is that so something we run for free or is that something we charge for? Would, would people put their money across for a challenge or something like that? Mm -hmm. Educating and leading your market through the cycle is actually about having different price points, about having the start, you know, the free stuff, then having a, you know, sort of low-cost entry-level stuff, stuff, and then going through to your VIP offer, whether that's coaching or, you know, guided course course delivery throughout that process. But if we, in putting together our content in a free situation, work with the level of fear, it will come across in our marketing. If we're worried about giving too much, I say that to my students, don't worry about giving too much, worry about educating your market and trust that it will happen. Um, and there is it's, it's really hard depending on each course creator where that line is and how their nurture sequences are going to going to, to sit and, and lead. And if you're asking someone to give you, you know, seven or $8,000 or, you know, $2,000 for a course, then you have to give more in your pre-education marketing to build that trust, to get that tra transfer. But if it's, you know, a 97 or a hundred, $197 course, then you've got the ability to, you know, maybe have just five or six videos that you continually use or five or six pieces that lead to that topic uh, along the area. But everything in course creation, all your marketing should be placing you as the expert. So you want to show your audience that is Googling and stalking you and researching you because that's what social media has allowed them to do. <laughs> that you have knowledge on the topic. Yeah, definitely. I I agree with that too. That's a yeah, that's a very important to make sure that you're presenting yourself as that authority. And I liked also what you said about making sure that there's not a disconnect between the type of content that you're providing and what's in your course. Because I've seen that before. I've seen that you you have one kind of video on YouTube, but then when you get into the course, it's something completely different. And you're like, why why did I even purchase this? Are you struggling to create your first online course? Do you have an idea for a course topic, but don't know how to get started? It can be hard trying to figure out everything that goes into course creation. How do you outline your course? How do you set up the technology to create the content? How do you publish it so that you can begin helping others and making money immediately? We know it can be difficult for first-time course creators. That is why we have designed the Start Your First Course Challenge. Our goal is to help you get that online course published within a couple of weeks. That means that you can get your digital product to market without wasting a bunch of time. We will show you how with the easiest methods possible that we have learned and crafted over the years. You'll learn how to choose a topic, outline your course, script what you want to say, and then record the material. After that, you'll discover how to set up the platform and publish it all with a simple system that's guaranteed to get you results fast. Beat your procrastination by taking action today. Go to startyourfirstcourse.com now to sign up. That's startyourfirstcourse.com. See you in the challenge.
We're building our authority. We're building our trust. We are looking at Quora and and different places where we can gather some information and we start publishing on uh, a different platform, whatever it be, a blog, a YouTube channel, a podcast. What kind of schedule should someone keep whenever they're doing this type of thing? Because, you know, there's different uh, courses of thought, you know, take a bunch of content and throw it all out at one time and let it sit. Other people say, you know, uh, published uh, once a week or three times a week, five times a week. What what do you feel about that? A consistent one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Now I'm all, I teach evergreen marketing. You know, I talk about, you know, sharing your marketing, making sure that it doesn't date um, and sharing good knowledge that can be shared over and over again when it comes to marketing your course content and putting that, those videos and that together. And even to the point that I say to lots of my students, make sure that, you know, you're not in T-shirts when you're, unless you wear T-shirts all year round, you're not in T-shirts or singlet tops when you're recording your promo videos. Make sure that you're, you're in something that could, you know, work in winter or work in summer when you're putting your promo videos and that sort of stuff together for your courses. Um, but so I'm a big believer in content batching and I have in Australia here, uh, I have a group coming with me away for a weekend. We were actually going to focus on writing blog posts and out of that, they'll most probably get ideas and, and frameworks for about seven or eight blog posts over that weekend. Now, I'm not going to say to them, put them all out there at once because uh, that would just be flooding the algorithms with information. When you build a website, yeah, you must probably need to have 10 or 15 blog posts up there to show your knowledge and your expertise. When you start your YouTube channel, if you can turn up weekly, then that is great. Um, if you can you know, start to add more videos and it's going to take the, whatever you do, it's going to take the algorithm time to get to know you, whatever algorithm, whether it's Google, whether it's Facebook, it's just going to take time for it to get to know you and get to know that you're making quality stuff. But batch is my top tip. So batch, and we started with this in the beginning, batch as you're creating your course, you are never more excited about your course than when you actually start putting it together. So batch some content. And if you record a video and you think that's a really awesome tip, write it down and see if you can write that into a blog post and part of your marketing and then batch the content that's going with it. To give you guys an idea, my 2021 online workshop live training session is all up and running on our website. Well, we'll be by the end of today. All up and running on my uh, on our website so that my students know that these are my guide live live online trainings for 2021 and we will batch the marketing content for that very early um, in the next couple of weeks so that that feeds everyone through to the information and then we put it into our social programmer and we can walk away because I know that when I'm sick of spreading the message about that course or workshop is that moment in time that I actually need to ramp it up because not everyone in my audience has heard it and not everyone in your audience will hear that message the first time. Not everyone sees that Facebook post. Um, And I have many course creators going, oh, I shared it on Facebook three times. And I'm like, that's just not enough. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's just engagement is low, and you gotta gotta keep tackling it. And some of the platforms are even worse than Facebook. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's noisy out there, guys. It's noisy, and at the moment, you know, it's COVID made it even noisier because we were all in the world of social media. We're all trying to get online, and mm-hmm. we're all trying to teach and sell our online courses. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, I love batching. I've been batching the podcast episodes the past couple of days, and it's great because it gives you a chance to really get focused on the content, get focused at the task at hand. And then once you batch, uh, I'll go ahead and schedule these podcast episodes out months in advance, yeah. and they'll just go out without me having to be there babysitting them. And I enjoy that because I know that if I get sick or something, 
something happens and I can't do something that week, it doesn't matter. That content's going to still come out on a consistent basis, which I think is super important. I do the same for my talk podcast. I record five episodes at a time. Yeah. Um, yeah, and nice. look, I don't do long podcasts. My episodes are max 10 minutes. <laughs> so I just sit down <laughs> and go, right, time to record some marketing tips. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So let's let's hit on the evergreen marketing for a minute. So um, I think most people listening probably know what that means, but I, I just would like to clarify a little more. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about evergreen marketing, what would be some examples of that versus non-evergreen marketing? Okay, let's go to our guitar example again because we've got it. Okay, so. Um, Jeremy is promoting his guitar training course and he the non-evergreen marketing might be his pre-launch special. Okay, so if you take it now, you get a bonus one-on-one session with me, for example, that's non-evergreen marketing. But his evergreen marketing will, could be things like that guitar lesson, you know, starting to play, you know, learning how to play um, a, a riff on the guitar and then, you know, to learn the rest of it that becomes part of your evergreen cycle because that's technically not going to change how do you start the introduction to play the riff. What we teach, what I teach most of my course creators is about sharing, taking your top tips and your knowledge and creating a series of graphics around it. So evergreen content, you just got to think like the tree. It is the tree that is green all year round. It can be shared again and again and it doesn't matter when it's shared. There's no date and there's no time that ties people to that message. Sorry, I'm taking I'm taking furiously notes. <laughs> um, no, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So it's basically just the things that you're going to be able to to share over and over again. Do do you do this with content also? Um, you know, I I guess you should because you want your content to be something that people can find. Um, later down the road, I ran into this problem because I've taught courses on software before. And yes. the problem with software is that it updates and they change interfaces and they add this and take things away. And so I, Facebook, I so <laughs> oh, geez, yeah. You know, it's that's a that's a really hard one because um it's not evergreen. So h- yeah. how do you how do you battle that? Just do your best or do you have any do tips your best. for that? Okay. So even you know software is obviously going to change and update and those sorts of things. So hopefully what you can do is you can adjust so with our faith like our facebook for business course it's still a, the foundations of it are very much you know this is how you run your profile and you know facebook haven't changed the terms of service too much inside that space but we talk about how do you run it what's the difference between groups and profiles and pages and and what and how do you do it our creating communities with facebook one has been the one that's most probably the hardest course for us to update at the moment because facebook are still rolling out the changes and they haven't been rolled out to all of the groups but the foundations about creating communities on social media, because it technically doesn't have to be Facebook, it could be any group that you run, run, is the same. It's about engagement. It's about going through the content and creating good content to engage with those audiences. Yes, but when I teach, you know, how do you delete messages from Facebook Messenger in 2016 and people still come back in 2020 telling me that that video is old and I should really update it, um, is... Is, is awesome, but the other part of me turns around and says, could you please look at where the published date on YouTube was to that information is no longer relevant? <laughs> <laughs> so bearing that in mind, you, if you are teaching software and you're teaching stuff like that, you don't want to remove that content from your channel because if you remove that content from your YouTube channel or your Facebook video libraries, it's going to affect your view rates and you don't want that. Um, but you do want to maybe if you do have an update, you know, link through to there's an updated video. And for blog posts and teaching all of that sort of stuff, Google loves it when you come back and visit an old blog post 
make sure that the keywords are still relevant and update it with anything and then republish it that just shows that the you care about your content enough on that website to keep it up to date. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's a good um it's good for the person viewing that because how many times you go to Google and you see that the article is from 2012 and it could be yeah. the best article in the world, but you're like, I'm not reading that. That's eight years yeah. old. <laughs> and the other thing, guys, is you know, if you can on your blog, if you're writing evergreen content, don't put the date and timestamps on it. Just remove that bit off your blog posts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. So, um, so someone is out there, they've got their course and they are uh, publishing on a consistent basis. They've got some evergreen marketing that they're doing and they're starting to gain some traction. They're getting traffic and they uh, want to sell the course. So now they um, put their links on their YouTube channel and they're not making sales. So let's talk about the marketing that goes in between that section that me and you know, but let's explain it to the rest. (laughs) Okay, the first thing is, is have, have a good look at your landing page. Um, I see so many course creators put so much work into video, uh, course creation and then when I say to them, the first thing I say is, can you put a video on your landing page that actually introduces <laughs> you in the course to the people because you don't know where the people are coming to find you and you're expecting your people to know you. So make sure that your landing page explains who you are, why you're an expert, why people should trust you to buy from you and what's going on from there. Because if you don't do that, you have no clue where people come to your landing page. Well, you do once you look at your analytics. But when we're creating a landing page, I could come from a recommendation from a friend. It could come from someone who's never seen you. They've just Googled you and found you or they've found you in a course directory or they've, they've found you somewhere else. So introduce who you are. Introduce to the student what they are going to learn and take away. What are you covering in it? And if they maybe need to have some knowledge beforehand, before this course, you might need to know this. And then you can direct them either off to some of the YouTube videos or a, a basic course that is, is coming through before they get into that world. And then ask them to buy. Now, I'm not a fan of the yellow highlight, you know, scroll for 20 miles landing pages. <laughs> Give them the opportunity, provide the benefits, provide the introduction, have a buy button, provide what you're going to lead them through, have a buy button, provide your curriculum outline, have a buy button. Don't make them have to scroll to the top or the bottom or read 100 pages to buy from you. Yeah, those, uh, those long landing pages, there's something else. What do you feel about... <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel about offering a, a, a free course? Um, I know this is something I get asked a lot too, is uh, what about doing like a free course so that people can get to know you, like you and trust you yeah, more before absolutely. sending them out into the main course? Absolutely. If you can run a freebie or a free challenge or a free opportunity, but I tend to do lots of my free content actually out in the world of social and YouTube and, and running people through that. But one of the working days I'm running online next year is actually about creating courses and challenges from the content you already have. So bearing in mind, you might run a a challenge or an online course or a freebie, and you might use the blog posts that you already have and the videos that you already have on YouTube, et cetera, for that free course to step them through a five-day email sequence course that delivers the content to them in a way that they can engage and then ask them to buy. The same with your eBooks and your nurture sequences. You might provide an eBook. And the biggest thing I see people do in eBook world is they provide an eBook and then they ask for the sale straight away. They haven't actually put the value in in between. So our formula for when you do eBooks is 
you know, provide the value, put the ebook in, have a lovely button down the bottom of the email that talks about your course, but it's subtle. Day three, day two, three, and four, you're providing just a couple of extra tips that will help them on the ebook that they've downloaded. And then day five is your promo one. And that's your full, you know, we've, we've spoken for a couple of days now. Now, that email sequence might run over a fortnight. And in Australia, our market's very suspicious about emails coming in daily. So we would tend to run over a fortnight period. Um, and we look at just making sure that we've nurtured people through. We've actually given them enough information. We've given them enough to develop that trust because, once again, you run an ad on Facebook for an ebook. going in for the hard pitch straight afterwards is not great. And we've all been on the receiving end of it. I was on the receiving end of it the other day. You know, I just bought something for $7. And then by the time I got through it to actually get access to the content, there was three screens asking me to hand over my credit card for extra money. <laughs> And by that right, stage, right. I'm like, I don't even want your free anymore. <laughs> <laughs> How do you decide um, when you're sending people from your content to uh, just your sales page for your course versus yep. sending them to like a freebie, a lead magnet or something like that? I think you've got to have both. So don't treat your freebies any different to a paid course in ways of leading your people through. Okay. So your freebies might be your ebook or all those sorts of things. It just depends on where the where the cycle is. Um, if you think the conversion, if we're talking about the basics and they need the ebook next, do it that way. Grab some post-it notes. I'm a big post-it note girl. And if you guys could see my office here, you would see there's post-it notes all over the spot. Grab some post-it notes and go, okay, where are their touch points? So write down your main touch, your marketing touch points first. Then write down to where, where's the next step? So and the next steps and then start to connect the dot. And then obviously the end, where do we want the people to end? And then lead people through that. But, you know, have different paths. Your ebook might lead through to a video. The video then might lead through to the course landing page. So look at the paths and look at how can you repurpose that content you've created to lead to different paths as well. Because you might have the video that then leads to the ebook that leads to another video. So it's about taking them on a little path through your opt ins to build trust along the way. Okay. And are you a fan of having multiple opt-ins, multiple touch points so that you can Absolutely. gauge where people are at? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the reason we want to have multiple touch points and multiple opt-ins is, once again, the learning styles. Uh, right. So an ebook reader, a, a reader will will read. A, people who are video will, ha will love video. People who want to do will love a five-day challenge email type situation so they're actually doing and implementing in the meantime. Right, we right. can't okay. bias to our own learning style when we're creating courses. And it's what I see course creators do all the time. Um, and they go, I wouldn't do that. And I'm like, you're not your market. You can't answer that question. <laughs> That's right. I've, I've said that myself before. I've had people ask me and I say, I'm, I'm not your audience. <laughs> Don't ask me. Yep. <laughs> oh, they, do it, they do it themselves. I wouldn't do that. So therefore my students wouldn't do that. I'm like, but you know right, your style. Right. You're, you're not right. your market. And that, I think course creators, if you can get that out of your head, you are not your market. You have to stop taking your own biases across to you, A, your course creation content, but B, your marketing. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. Linda, uh, you know, it's been awesome having you on here and you just got a wealth of information and I would love to maybe have you on the podcast again and dive into some other topics because I know I you know to. a lot about this stuff. Um, so just, you know, I know that you've got, I was looking at your uh, page and you just have a ton of courses and a ton of stuff going on. I know that you got a very successful business and things just look, look like they're doing really well for you. Well, where do you see yourself in the next couple of years? Where would you like to take your online? business? 
to look in all honesty, I most probably would like to we the okay, there's, there's a promise in this team that I will not launch another business inside <laughs> the next <laughs> next two years. We've got two we've got two more to go. We'll launch the course creator circle in our very early 2021. We'll launch the uh, knowledge search mid 2021. Um, I started running in, in online business running a parenting website when my daughter was born because hey, I didn't like how mummies were being treated out there in the world because having to make decisions on how to raise their children. Um, and, and it was just a lot of online bullying. Well, business, 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 the Facebook group I run started because I'd had enough of online bullying in Facebook groups and now it's 32,000 members strong. Ideas are my thing and as long as I can keep seeing those ideas and implementing them for others, that's what I see myself doing. I like now sharing the fact that I've got 20 plus years and I keep my hand in doing what I do and teaching what I do and marketing and working with my team here to teach other business owners to do it. So I don't know where I see it. It'll change. The industry will change. In five years, <laughs> it's going to be way different to what it is right now. That's the only yeah, thing that, I've learned in this game is it changes all the time, which is why I love it. Yeah, that, that is awesome. And, and, you know, technology, the ability to reach people. I, I was sitting there watching uh, TV earlier and I'm watching a TV show and they're Skyping each other on the TV yeah. show. And I'm like, what kind of world are we living in? Like... <laughs> I grew, I grew up where the phone was still hanging on the wall and had a cord that would wrap around the house three times. <laughs> exactly. So. You know, I, I have a typewriter in here, which is what, well, not one that I learned to type on. But when I first started, there was no computers in the offices. There were still typewriters. Um, you know, the TV's old. So I'm connecting retro pieces of my industry to keep to show. So I've got old TVs, old, te and I'm looking for an old telephone if anyone sees one around. <laughs> I wish I kept because instead of throwing out when I moved out of my uni share houses, I should have kept one of those because um, yeah. they're now worth a fortune. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you a fun little fact. I still have my parents' old telephone. And oh. on it, they, if you remember on the on the phones, this was a push button one, not a rotary, yeah. but it had it had a little card where you could put like 10 people's names yeah. and phone numbers on it. And I still have it. And it says grandma and grandpa, and I've got all oh. everyone's phone numbers. So uh, I'll, I'll take a picture and send it to you. But yeah, it's been great having you on. Did you want to take a minute and just talk about um, the two programs that you have coming out next year? Look yeah, yeah, let's let's talk about it. So, um, and by the way, you can join the Course Creator Circle at any stage on Facebook. So it's a community where we talk about course creation and I share lots of tips and knowledge about marketing. Um, the knowledge search is on its way out next year and that will actually be a directory for those of you who have got courses, for those of you who have got eBooks, for those of you who have got podcasts, for people to be able to find the knowledge that they're actually searching for. So that's our big one for 2021. It will actually take the first half of next year to put for us to put together. And thanks to COVID, it was meant to be a 2020 launch, but uh, I ended up teaching course creators how to come online instead, which was fun. Um, and look at the course, what we what we aim to do, everything that I aim to do, guys, it's really about teaching you how to share your story and how to educate your market. And regardless of whatever you are doing, you need to understand the process before you can outsource it to someone else. Because that's when I find in marketing and online businesses, people get overwhelmed and they don't understand the basics of the process. So if you need to talk to someone, talk to a consultant, have a conversation with Jeremy and myself about what the basics are to know your marketing so that you know it. So that if you do outsource it to a VA or you do outsource it to someone else, you know what should be happening. 
Okay. Thank you so much, Linda, for coming on the podcast today. So where can people find you online and find these programs? Okay. You can pretty much Google me and find me at Linda Reed Enova anywhere. So lindareedenova.com.au is the main site that I run and I teach from. Uh, Enova Group is the other one and that's our main uh, impact. And all of them will update you with whatever projects we are working on and what's coming out and, and those sorts of things. But on the homepage of my website, you'll see the, the businesses and the teams that I lead through the Enova Group area. Um, and then obviously our knowledge search, search and course creator circle is coming together. So the course creator circle you'll see launched ja in, in January 20. Uh, we were all reading there. Uh, you'll see them launch early 2021 and the knowledge search will be in mid 2021. And we'll be looking for course creators to come and list and share their courses and knowledge as we start to build that one together. Awesome. Well, I'm excited. I'll definitely check it out. And uh, yeah, we just appreciate you having there, having you on the podcast. I will definitely put all those links in the show notes and have that for everyone for easy access. And uh, yeah, I just hope you the most success in the future. And we appreciate you coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. It's been awesome to have a chat of course creation. Thank you so much for joining us today, Linda. You can find out more about her and her businesses by visiting innovergroup.com.au or you can get the show notes of this episode along with links and resources by visiting onlinecourseigniter.com forward slash 24. Take care, everyone, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Online Course Igniter podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening so that you don't miss an episode. If you would like to learn more marketing strategies and how to sell your online course, then also check out our free community where we share tips, tricks, and tutorials at onlinecourseigniter.com forward slash community.